G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. A couple of significant political resignations in this past week or two. First, the New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced that a contributing factor to her resignation was simply the fact that she knows what the job takes and that she no longer has enough in the tank to do it justice. Then in Western Australia, the Nationals leader, the leader of the opposition in WA, Mia Davies, also announced that she was standing down not being able to commit to another term in Parliament, similar sort of sound to what happened with Jacinda Ardern. What's troubling may be that the most recent Work Trend Index reveals that 60% of Australian and New Zealand workers reported being burned out at work, not enough in the tank. Well, let's check in on what we can learn about stress and burnout at work Ruth Limkin is CEO at the Banyans Healthcare Group. They specialise in dealing with these issues. Ruth, a special welcome along to 2020. Great. Thank you very much, Neil. It's great to be with you today. Uh, Ruth, when high-profile people suffer these sorts of issues, and perhaps we're reading into it, the thought of burnout, uh, but managing stress, uh, those sorts of issues, they come to light, and sometimes we reflect on our own position when we see it happening at high levels. I think one of the things that's, um, in one sense, it wasn't surprising to hear, um, particularly about the New Zealand Prime Minister. I've often thought over the last few years, I don't know how any civic leader does what they're doing. Um, there's been so much uncertainty over the last few years, and they've often had to make decisions very quickly and probably a little sleep-deprived as well. Um, and, you know, everybody's got a criticism of every public leader. So it's actually a really demanding role, and I think it's been more so particularly in the last few years. But that's true for all of us because we've all been living through a, here's that terrible word, unprecedented uh, time for most of us where there's been this high uncertainty, a lot of ambiguity in decision-making, and, you know, very real stress and pressure for people about what was going to happen either to their business or their livelihood, trying to manage children, doing homeschooling. There's just been a lot on all of our plates, and I think our plates have got a little bit too full. Ruth, how do our Australian stress and burnout levels compare to, say, well, the rest of the world? Well, interesting that work trend index that you mentioned before does show that we're higher compared to the global average of employees in terms of that feeling of burnout, um, particularly at work. Why that is is a really interesting topic that could probably keep us talking for hours. Um, one of the things that I think leaders did do well in the last few years is we've actually started talking about this and we've talked about the need to look after our well-being and the need to acknowledge it. So sometimes we're self-reporting because we're actually finally starting to be aware of it and feeling a little bit more comfortable talking about it. And that's inside the church, it's outside the church. I think generally as a society, we're getting a little bit better. It's probably still not where we need to be, 
but we're definitely improving. And so ironically, perhaps this this higher level of reporting is a indicator that we're getting better at addressing our health. When we talk about burnout and stress, mm-hmm. uh, often the first thing we go to is the idea that maybe we work too hard. But you said we could talk for hours on this. There must be some other factors. What other things would we consider that might be causes for burnout? One of the things that I think that's interesting is we often talk about burnout just in the context of work or our employment or paid or unpaid work. And burnout really is a factor of a range of different things. So we can have seasons in life where we're working very hard and we don't feel burnt out. And that can be because the other areas of our life are healthy and we're able to just lean into that busy season for a while. But when we start to see a whole range of different things, so there could be relational stress, our own well-being could be under threat because of circumstances that are going around outside of our control. We could also have personal health issues. And as all of these things start to add up, this chronic unresolved stress is this constant presence in our life and we're just not built to go at 100 or 110% constantly. It's like a car. A car needs to have a break and get a tune-up. We do as well. Christians have an extra uh, arrow in their quiver, the thought that you ought to have a day of rest each week. That's a sort of a biblical Mm. foundation that we might all say is full of divine wisdom. But then there's also the thought that holidays are important. Lots of us, and maybe we might say the privileged ones, have had a bit of a holiday break over Christmas, New Year. How do holidays and taking specific days off to rest, how do they affect, do you think, our, our stress levels and the risk of burnout? Look, it's actually such an important topic. And whether it's you know the Sabbath, whether it's holidays, this concept of rest because God also rested. And I think sometimes, you know, we we want to work so hard that we forget we work best when we work from a place of rest. And again, um, you know, we've had that modelled for us. But I think, you know, the, the old work ethic and we just want to keep running that race and we want to keep achieving everything that we can sometimes uh, seduces us into the idea that it's all about us just working harder rather than, you know, there's concepts of trust that come into play when we take that bold step of rest. You know, I remember saying to some people, I was like, sometimes the most responsible thing you can do is have a nap because when we understand the the science and the way that our bodies and minds and soul and spirit work, we work best from a place of rest. Is there a message in this for employers or people who are in charge of departments uh, about the sort of rest they're creating for employees? Now, on the other hand, of course, you want to keep productivity up. You want to get the best out of your employees. But some sort of wisdom applied when you're in that leadership role may actually be good for everyone. Absolutely. In fact, I'm going to recommend a book here. Um, It's called Rest, How You Get More Done by Working Less. Uh, It's a fabulous book. Um, I've given it to all of our managers at the Banyans because I really believe we need to practice what we preach. So, for instance, you know, all the science shows us 
that when people are healthier, their productivity improves. So if we can make sure we're encouraging people to take regular breaks, you know, not to be checking your emails 24-7, you know, to be able to switch off and let your mind and body restore, you know, recovery is one of the most important aspects of performance. So I said to all the managers last week, we gave everyone the annual calendar and I said, here's where I'm scheduling my holidays in. I want everyone to start thinking about when you're going to take some leave because I really want to create a culture where we encourage responsible living and decision making, which actually includes rest. Now, if you decide that this is all too much, that's not for me, I'll take the risk, I'll go along with the stress levels. Yes, things are tough. I'm burning the candle at both ends and I wear that as a mark or a sign. I wear it on my sleeve as though it's some sort Mm -hmm. of a champion badge. If you don't do something about that and you are in that risk category of burning out, uh, what's, the, what's the impact there? How does it affect people when they do burn out, Ruth? It's interesting that you talk about we wear that sort of working very hard as a badge of honour almost. And I often say, you know, often the thing that we wear around our neck is a medal of honour actually ends up becoming a weight around us and it slows us down. And there's a whole range. You know, one of the first indicators that something's um, not functioning the way it should be is our sleep and particularly if we're not having a good night's sleep, if we can't get to sleep or that dreaded 2am wake up um, where we wake up with things on our mind and we can't get back to sleep that's an indication that we're not at rest internally and that's an indication that we need to start addressing it and it doesn't have to be complicated to address it but it is really important because when our sleep is disrupted that affects our physical health and well-being, that affects our professional performance, that affects the the kind of um, relationships that we have. We get a lot more irritable when we're not sleeping well. That's one really simple indicator that actually we can't just ignore the limits on our body and mind. Good sleep, it's critical. Uh, What about things like good relationships? Sometimes the ability to debrief, to talk through the issues with a friend. Sometimes that's like a stress relief valve. Uh, How do you see that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Social well-being and supportive social networks have a great protective effect, uh, protective effect on our well-being. And I think, you know, again, the last few years, there's been a lot of isolation and social disconnection, and that added to people's stress levels. You know, I think we all got a little bit tired of the Zoom meetings, and it was so nice. I remember myself when we were able to actually get back in the room for church or just to be able to see people again face-to-face. So it is really important to build those social relationships and not to neglect them because they're good for you and they're good for the other people. And Ruth, you're CEO at the Banyans Healthcare Group and uh, as I describe it, a high-end opportunity Mm -hmm. for people to get some level of uh, treatment, relief, uh, some therapy in this Mm -hmm. area of Mm -hmm. stress and uh, certainly areas of burnout. For connecting mm. listeners to the Banyans Healthcare Group, banyans.com.au, Banyans, B-A-N-Y-A-N-S, .com.au. Ruth Limpkin, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your insights with us today on 2020. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 